Hello and welcome to this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I'm Jolie, Grazia's Head of Beauty, and in this podcast, I chat to beauty experts, influencers, and celebrities about their five best pieces of beauty and well-being advice. From makeup to hair, skincare to self-care, we get all of the top tips, stellar advice, and brilliant product recommendations. Subscribe now so you do not miss an episode. Time to bring in today's guest personal trainer and best-selling author, Alice Living. Alice talks openly about getting to know her skin and really what works for her. I've had so many issues with my skin in the past, everything from eczema to acne and, and other issues, that my makeup for me starts with the base. Tells us about her obsession with makeup brush cleaning. Sunday evening, set aside some time, wash all my brushes in warm wet water, use that brush cleaner, and then just make sure, actually this was a tip from a makeup artist, but make sure you dry your brushes flat and shares how her relationship with exercise has changed over the years. I've come a long way in terms of how I approach exercise. Even, you know, when I started training properly, I was sort of 21. And, you know, now I'm 28. I definitely feel very different about how I approach exercise and very different about, you know, health and my body. It was a brilliant chat. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome, Alice. How are you today? I am really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, huge thank you for coming on and uh, basically can't wait to get stuck into all of your best beauty advice. I have no doubt that you've got tons. <laughs> Actually, before we jump into that, though, I just wanted to ask about your beauty vibe in general. Uh, so what is your like beauty cupboard like? Is it overflowing with products? Are you quite good at streamlining your routine? What's your vibe? Uh, do you know what? Back in the day, I used to be such a sucker for going into you know any beauty shop and spending hours just trying everything and then having a cupboard full of stuff that I probably use like once in a, in a blue moon. But now I've got quite good. My, my skincare regime, my makeup routine is all quite streamlined and I've used, you know, when you start to find the products, like I'm 28 now. So I sort of kind of know what works for my, for my makeup stuff, my skincare. Um, so I'm a little bit more streamlined now, but I, I love, I love beauty products. I love anything to do with like makeup, skincare, hair care, whatever. Um, so I do sometimes still get tempted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard not to get tempted, isn't it? Where there's so much amazing <laughs> new stuff around, definitely easy to get tempted. Perfect. So we'll jump into your five pieces of best beauty advice then, and let's kick things off with makeup. So what is the best piece of makeup advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give? So I, I feel really lucky because I, I do work with makeup artists quite a few times. Oh, I have worked with sorry, makeup artists quite a few times for different shoots and stuff. And I'm always that person that sits in the chair and I ask every question about every product. I'm like, what are you using? How do you use that? But I think that actually for me, I find that particularly for someone who has combination skin and has really problematic sort of, I definitely have acne flare-ups and I've had so many issues with my skin in the past, everything from eczema to acne and, and other issues that my makeup for me starts with the base. So I always find that if I have a good base, everything else kind of goes a little bit better. So even though it's not necessarily a makeup tip, it's a little bit more skincare led. I do find that if I set my, my base, well, my makeup will always sit better on top of that. In terms of actual like products and things that I love, I've used the same foundation for about eight years, I think. And it's the foundation that I swear by. And I know that a lot of people have it as like their holy grail product. But for me, I find if I use this product 
everything else goes on like 10 times better. And I always notice that my skin looks so much better. Um, so it is the Armani Luminous Silk Foundation. I'm an absolute like... Such a good foundation. It really is. And like for me, I just sort of feel that like every time I stray away from it and I go and try other things, I always end up coming back to it and being like, no, no, this is the best. <laughs> so even, you know, I get yeah. sent lots of products to try and, um, I always, you know, I always give things a go cause I'm like, you know, I'm very open to trying new things, but I do always tend to come back to it. I just think it gives such a nice coverage. It sits on my skin really well. And, and having mentioned that I do have, um, a lot of breakouts and redness in my skin, I find it gives, gives the best coverage without being really thick and cakey. Um, so if you're looking for, a good base, something that's going to make you feel great. I would say that that is my, that's my go-to product. And I do recommend it to a lot of people. It's just a cult classic for like all of the right reasons. It just does everything that you want from a base. And it's one that I go back to time and time again. It's, it is a brilliant foundation. Do you have any tips for applying it? Do you like to use a brush? Do you like to use your fingers, a sponge? What's your kind of go-to? I'm not a fingers person. I used to, but I just find that now I sort of spent a little bit on brushes and I do like having like a nice thick brush that I sort of buff it into the skin with. But I have just started using sponges as well. I sort of mix, use like a combination now of sort of a bit of sponge and a bit of brush. Um, but my brushes are super cheap and actually they're a really good range. They're morph brushes. Yes, I, I know, love they're, those. They're not expensive ones but they're really good. And so I've got like a big one that I use for that. Um, obviously using all the technical terminology, <laughs> uh, but I use sort of a big, I think it's a foundation brush from them. And then I sort of will sometimes, particularly if I've got breakouts, I'll sort of add a little bit of extra coverage with a sponge. But yeah, I used to be a fingers girl, but I think partly that might've been contributing to skin issues. So I was like, switch over to a brush and then wash my brushes religiously once a week. <laughs> oh yes. I'm like that. I try to do it every Sunday so I get into a routine and I don't forget but it's hard but yes okay weekly brushes and how do you clean your brushes what is your technique for that so I was actually sent recently a brush cleaner from I think the brand is called Donna May London I don't know if I think yeah I think it's called that and it's like a really nice smells amazing cruelty free vegan brush cleaner yeah absolutely love it and it's so easy to do so I'm sort of like yeah like you said Sunday evening set aside some time wash all my brushes in warm water use that brush cleaner and then just make sure actually this was a tip from a makeup artist but make sure you dry your brushes flat on like a towel so that they don't um, disfigure you know if you dry them with the bottom up then all the water sort of runs down into the brush so dry them flat so yeah that's kind of one of the things that definitely helps me to keep my skin free from breakouts is making sure that I wash my brushes religiously <laughs> yeah I'm with you and what else kind of do you use in your base lineup are you a fan of bronzers concealers anything like that that you apply on top yeah. So I, again, very, I've used the same product now for quite a few years. I love and swear by the NARS creamy concealer. I use that every day. It's so good. It's, it, you know, it's again, it's one of those things I just think for me personally, it gives the perfect blend of one. I think it matches my skin tone really well. And I think because they have such a wide range of shades, they've always got a good match, but also I just think it sits so nicely on the skin and it really gives coverage. So I use that bronzers I have used hourglass for a long time I love their bronzer um and yeah I kind of my, my go-to makeup look for every day basically what I've got on now I'll do I, I actually don't use the Armani every day because it's obviously a bit too heavy for every day so I use the Shantakai Just Skin which is like a tinted moisturizer which I really love and that's got SPF in as well which is always nice um so I use that 
little bit of concealer, bit of bronzer, hourglass bronzer, bit of Charlotte Tilbury on my eyes and then mascara brows done. So that's kind of like, I can, I've got it down to like a 10 minute routine. <laughs> that's your go-to. Yeah. And that is my go-to. And 10 minutes as well. Like so I was going to ask how long it takes you. So 10 minutes, you'd be confident, like timing yourself. You know that you're in and out of that bathroom, 10 minutes, daily routine. Yeah, I think you know, sometimes it's nice to take a little bit longer, but definitely in the mornings, if I'm rushing out the door, like at the moment, and this is something that I think like there's such a, there's such a bit of stigma, I think around this, but at the moment, I actually put this up on my Instagram recently, but I've been really suffering with like acne breakouts. And so when I go to the gym in the morning, I actually put makeup on before I go, not like a heavy full face, but I feel like I just need something to give me that confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to train because for me, I, I do get incredibly self-conscious about my skin. And it's something that I'm like acutely aware of. And I think particularly as someone who's working in the health and wellness space, I think there's a lot of judgment that could be made from people. So for me, and I, and I've, I've talked about it a lot, and I think it's actually something that I reassure a lot of women about is, you know, however makes you feel confident to turn up to the gym, you go for it. Like whether that's in a big baggy t-shirt or whether you want to wear a crop top, whether you want to put makeup on, whether you don't, you know, like there's so much shaming of women and, and and how we present ourselves in the world. And I just think I am very much of the kind of mindset that however someone feels comfortable to train and to exercise is, is however they should do it. So for me personally, yes, it's might maybe, you know, a little bit different to what other people would do. But for me personally, I do feel like I just need that little bit of a kind of coverage, a little bit of bronzer, a little bit of mascara before I go to the gym. And that makes me feel so much more comfortable as a result. So that's sort of my routine first thing in the morning. And yes, like I said, it's, it, I've got it down to 10 minutes. So <laughs> I feel all right about it. So you've got your 10 minutes. And like you say, it's not taking pressure from anywhere else, doing what makes you com- feel comfortable and what you want to do, um, which I know is something that you obviously talk about a lot on your Instagram and encourage other people to do, to just feel confident in themselves. However, you know, what makes them feel confident, but not to feel pressured from outside. Yeah. Like I used to see so many things, I think less so now. And I do think we've got a bit better, but you know, back in the day, there used to be so many posts that would shame women for, you know, coming to the gym if they had makeup on or coming to the gym, if they, you know, wore an outfit that was slightly different to what the norm was, you know? And I just think that the gym is an intimidating space as it is, and not just the gym, any exercise space classes or, you know, whatever it is you're doing. So I just think that like, we need more women to embrace exercise in a positive way. If that means that they need to wear a bit of makeup or, you know, wear whatever they want to wear to go and do that and feel comfortable, then that's the most important thing. And it doesn't really matter how that makes other people feel as long as you feel good. That's, you know, that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So let's move on to skincare then. What is your best piece of skincare advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give? I know you touched on it a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, for me, I actually have spent a long time, like I said, struggling with my skin. And I and I really don't want to speak about this with any authority because I, I don't have any. But I've definitely been someone who has struggled with, you know, acne and breakouts, really like, you know, feeling self-conscious with my skin. And I've gone through many sort of like regimes and tried lots of different things and, everyone will have their tip that's like, this is the thing that you need to do. This is what's going to help you. And it's sort of frustrating when you sort of, you turn around to people and say, yeah, no, I've tried that. And I, you know, I've done that and actually none of that worked. So, you know, what now? But I'm at a place where 
I do have a good kind of strip back routine. I try not to do too much to my skin. My skin's incredibly sensitive. So my routine is very much, you know, very basic. I have a really gentle cleanser. I use a couple of different things in, in the morning. I think it's like an AHA, BHA serum sort of thing. And then moisturizer SPF and that's it. In the evenings, it's literally cleanse, you know, take my makeup off cleanse and then similar. And, you know, I've, I was using tretinoin for a bit, but I've, I've sort of come away from that because, again, it was still quite harsh on my skin. But my actual skincare tip is actually more around a device that I swear by. And it's my Dermalux LED machine, which honestly, like, I was quite nervous to say this. And, and I do think that obviously it's it's an expensive product and it's a big investment. So I know that for a lot of people, it's not it's not as accessible as, you know, getting a skincare product from Space NK or whatever. But for me personally, it has been the thing that, you know, I saved for it and I got it and it, it does make the biggest difference to my skin. So I have the Dermalux Flex, which is sort of a nice dome. It has uh, neon infrared, white and blue, blue light, which is, I think, antibacterial, anti-aging and anti-inflammatory. And if I use that religiously, the difference in my skin, like it, it makes you glow. It stimulates the production of vitamin D. So it makes you feel amazing, particularly in the winter. It's really kind of um, good for any sort of scarring or if you've got any like, you know, acne scarring or old breakouts that are sort of starting to scar. It's really, really good for that. And I absolutely swear by it. And it's the thing that, you know, beyond any product um, that I've put on my face, it's the only thing that really does make a difference. So yeah, that is my product I swear by and something that I would, you know, if you are really struggling looking into, or even if you go to clinics, you know, a lot of estheticians and derms will use them as well. I think almost every dermatologist I've seen has got one. So they are really popular. So I do think, you know, it is a big investment, but I was paying like 60 pounds a pop to go and use one at my local esthetician. So it's actually, it saved me a lot of money in the long term by, by investing in my own. Mm. And I love it as well. I actually used that a lot for my wedding, but I was saying I went in and maybe that's a much better kind of over time cost effective version of investing for one at home if you know it works for you. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just absolutely love it. And how many times a week do you have to use it to get the results that you were mentioning? So I think... I sort of, and this isn't, this is not a kind of um, scientific number, but I find that if I use it sort of every other day or at least sort of three times a week, I do think you see the, the most benefits. You have to lie under it for 30 minutes. So actually the best thing for it is for me, it's, it's no phone time. So I know that it's really hard to be without any devices right now and at the time that we're living, but you have to lie under it with goggles on. So you literally, you can't look at your phone, you can't do anything. So I just sort of try and meditate or I listen to a podcast and it's like my downtime that I give myself before, you know, getting on with a busy day. Um, I will typically do it, you know, like, like sort of five o'clock at the end of the day, take off my makeup, put my evening skincare routine on, lie under it for 30 minutes and then get on with the rest of my evening. But yeah, I'd say sort of three three to four times a week is probably ideal. That sounds like such a relaxing end to the day as well. It kind of just sets you up away from work <laughs> into your evening in like a very zen mood, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. And we will be right back with Alice after this. Welcome back, Alice. Uh, and number three, we are going to talk about treatments. So what is your best treatment advice? There are so many that I love and it was really hard to choose what to pick. But I think for me personally, there's one facial that I have that when I have it makes me go, 
oh my gosh, my skin looks amazing. You know, that kind of like, it's a real like wow treatment. And I always recommend it if I have people message me saying, you know, what do you, what do you recommend if you've got like a big event or a wedding or whatever? This is the treatment I always recommend. And it is the fire and ice facial. And I get it done at a place called Harley Street Injectables. That for me is like a real wow treatment and it's and it's not super invasive so it is a, a really light acid peel so a little bit of a chemical peel but not massively it's you know it's, there's no downtime with it and you know the the results are amazing it's a little bit tingly so if you if you're not great with sort of that sort of stingy feeling then might not necessarily be the one for you but you know if you're okay with that for me if I've got shoots or events or anything coming up that's the treatment that I'll always book in to be like I need my skin to look good I'm going to get a fire and ice facial and so how long do you do it before the event you said there's no downtime do you do it like the day before the day of so I tend to do it two days, at least two days before, because you just have to give yourself that little bit of time just for the skin to, not that there's, there's not downtime with it, but I usually, yeah, I'd say two days before, just because you might have a little bit of redness afterwards, just to allow it to calm down after the treatment. And actually, yeah, you do go under the LED afterwards, which does help to calm it down a little bit. But I would say two days before for the real wow factor skin. <laughs> and you're talking like glow, like what is the effect? I think, I think I would say glow. It's really hard to say exactly this this kind of feeling, but you know when everything just sits better on your skin and it just looks so much better, like your makeup goes on better, your makeup sits better. I'd say that that's what that what I would describe it as. You do have an amazing glow. It does help to really dry up any sort of like um, pimp, um, uh, breakouts and anything as well. I do find that I do have even like the next day, I notice that my skin is looking so much better if I've got breakouts. But yeah, it gives you that like amazing glow and just makes your skin feel really refreshed. And so this, they start off with the peel element, which obviously helps with the exfoliation and, and dead skin cells. Mm. And then do you go straight into the LED? Is there anything else involved in the treatment? Yeah. So the fire bit is the peel, obviously. That stays on for, I think, up to five minutes, depending on how much you can tolerate the kind of stinginess. <laughs> and then that comes straight off. And then they put the ice on, which is a kind of thick jelly mask, which is just feels so nice afterwards. That sits on for about five minutes. And then they take that off. And then you go on the LED to sort of calm down any bits of redness. So it's not a long facial. And it's not one of those facials that you go for that if you want to be like stroked and massaged, it's, it's not that. But for me personally, I think sometimes what those, those, those are lovely treatments do they do as much for my skin as this one? I would say maybe not necessarily. This one, I think unless you're, yeah, unless you're using real active ingredients, I don't feel like you get as much from those facials. So this for me is what really gives me that, that wow factor look. And it's a high tech facial. I mean, I'm like you and I have sensitive skin and I can find that some treatments, if it's kind of just layering product over product over product, Mm. can actually not be so beneficial and even like cause breakouts for me. I don't know if you experience the same, whereas a facial like this, which is really focusing on, like you say, exfoliation yeah. and incorporating that skin tech always gives me a much better result. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And Alice is amazing. So she, she yeah, I've been seeing her for a while um, for various different things. And she, yeah, she does, usually does the treatment and, and it's, um, yeah, she's a great therapist. Okay, I'm, I'm going to call up Alice and be like, Alice, I've got any appointments. I need, to, Hello. I need to try this for sure. Sorry, I should make clear, Alice is that Alice from that she runs um, Harley Street Injectables, not, not me. <laughs> yeah, other Alice. Brilliant. So let's move on to your fourth piece of advice and talk about tanning. So what is your best piece of self-tanning advice? Well, 
So I am a massive fan of a tan. And I think if I had to take every other thing out of my beauty regime, this would be the thing that I'd stick with. I could only pick one thing. But um, so I discovered Amanda Harrington tan probably about two years ago, two, two and a half years ago. And I have never looked back. I am someone that's always used tan. I used to have spray tans religiously, have loved that kind of feeling of, you know, having a bit of a glow. But nothing for me quite compares to Amanda Harrington. I think the way that you apply the tan, I think the formula, the two-step process. So just for those who might not have heard of it, Amanda's tan is like a very a very different process to anything I've ever used before. So it's a two-step process. You get your primer, which is a cream, and then you get your tan, which is a mousse. And the tan, depending on whether you do it yourself or whether you have a therapist apply it for you, is applied with brushes. So rather than using like a mitt or a gun, the whole tan is applied onto the skin with brushes, particularly the one that I use myself. So there's two, two, two tan tips I'd recommend. If you're doing it yourself, I would highly recommend the face mist and the face base, which I use religiously throughout the winter when I don't have a natural sort of glow about my skin and you can feel a little bit dull and a little bit kind of pale and uninteresting <laughs> during the winter months, I always reach for Amanda Harrington. So you do your base layer and then you have your face brush. Uh, my little tip with this is always make sure you, the tan comes with like a black sort of latex glove. Always spray the tan onto the brush and then buff the brush into the back of the kind of glove just to remove any excess and to make sure that you get an even application. And then just take it and, you know, the brushes are designed to make the product kind of a contour effect. So taking up the cheekbones, going through around the hairline and really giving yourself, Amanda always said, I think she says to like draw a three on the side of your face. So from the hairline into the cheekbone, onto the jawline, just gives you that amazing glow in literally less than five minutes. And it's a glow that I think for me, doesn't look like fake tan. And I think that's the real difference. It, within seconds, you kind of look like you've got that natural, healthy, just stepped off a beach glow. I just find that by applying it with brushes, you're able to get so much more of an even application. And like I said, rather than putting a cream all over your face, this is applied to the areas where you would naturally catch the sun. So it does look more natural anyway. And then the second part of that recommendation is, again, if you have a wedding, a big event, if you have something that you just want to look absolutely fabulous for, getting a tan with one of her therapists is like game changing. So for my women's health cover shoots, I've always had an Amanda Harrington tan. Actually, I say always for the last two covers I've done, I had an Amanda Harrington tan. When the women come, like there's there's one woman that I'm going to shout out because she's absolutely amazing. And if you are London based, request her. Um, but she's called Vera. And so she will apply the tan for you. So obviously exfoliate beforehand. She comes, she lays out all these towels. You stand there, they apply the cream for you. So it's almost like a stand up massage in a weird way. Like they apply the cream all over your body and then they literally spray the tan onto your body and brush it on with brushes. So not only do you get this amazing contour effect, but the evenness with which the tan goes on, like she is a perfectionist and she will not stop tanning you until she's like absolutely perfect. So yeah, that is like a real, real like luxury treatment. But if you do have something that you're like, I just want to look 
amazing for this. I would definitely recommend trying it because it's, yeah, once I had one, I was like, I can't go back from this. <laughs> this is amazing. And just to touch on colors, I think Amanda has three colors that she released. So one is rose, which I think is the lightest. The middle one is, I literally sound like a sales rep. That's how much I love this product. <laughs> no, you don't. I love it when you love a product so much that you just know everything about it. You're like, I know, I'm like, I can talk about this for about 20 minutes. This would be my specialist subject, Amanda Harrington Tans. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, yeah, the, the lightest is rose. The middle one is honey and the darkest is olive. And weirdly, I actually use olive which because I'm quite fair, I think a lot of people are like, oh, really? But because I do tan, it sort of goes to what my natural tan would be. And also you can really build it. So even if you're using the olivey color, it doesn't come on like super dark, like you build it to whatever you need for you. So yeah, I, re- I use that tan, but that, yeah, there are three different colors that you can choose from. And that is my, my tanning recommendation. That was like a real spiel, but I just, I, yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> Alice, I'm loving this enthusiasm. I'm a huge fan, especially of that face <laughs> one as well with the brush. And like you uh, say, yeah. doing that kind of figure of three, you're basically giving yourself a one week contour. Yeah. So like contour that lasts and it gives just such a nice glow. I am a huge fan of a fake tan as well. It just makes me feel like loads better. Yeah. I'm a big, a big tan girl and loving all of those tips (laughs) for sure. So let's move on to your last and final piece of advice. So let's talk about self-care. Self-care is such a funny term, isn't it? Because I think it's sort of been used a lot. And I think a lot of people sort of think it means, you know, you have to be lying in a bath or in a Zen position, just like taking it all in, meditating. But for me, self-care is actually exercise. And I kind of wanted to get that in because obviously that's my that's my background. That's what I love. But I think that we overlook exercise as being a form of self-care. And I think that's for a number of reasons. I think firstly, because so many of our motivations to exercise come from changing the way we look or previously have done, I think that sort of made it seem a lot more pressurized than it needs to be. But actually, if you strip away training for aesthetics, training for, you know, changing your body and actually just the exercise as a way of moving your body that feels good. It really can be a form of, of self-care. So for me, for example, going to the gym, putting my headphones in, listening to my music, getting a sweat on, just doing the training that really suits my body and suits me and that I enjoy. That for me is the highest form of self-care. I know that I'm a better person, but everyone else around me when I've trained. And I know that it's something that's a real like non-negotiable in my day. And not every day is like a really hard session. Sometimes it's literally just that I'll go for a walk or that I will just um, do a little bit of stretching or yoga at home. It doesn't have to be a really, you know, hard session, but my self-care really is moving my body and just feeling good as a result of that and taking the focus away from doing it to look a certain way or doing it because I need to burn calories or, you know, get get myself looking good for a certain event. It really isn't about that. It's just, I know that mentally it makes me feel better. I know that physically I feel, you know, good as a result of moving. And it's really just time for me as well to put my headphones in, block the world out, not look at my phone for an hour and then sort of come back in when I've, when I've sort of done my session and I feel 10 times better for it. Sounds like it's your form of kind of meditation as well. Like you say, you're stepping away from your phone, you, you're zoning into something else and really concentrating on doing something else. 
So it's giving you that headspace. Yeah. And I think that's what self-care is, isn't it? However self-care looks to you, it's just taking yourself away from like the hundred mile an hour life that we all live and just giving yourself that moment to breathe and to do whatever makes you feel good. So, you know, whether that is exercise, whether it is yoga, lying on a, you know, a beach, (laughs) I don't know, whatever works for you. It is just giving yourself that time to breathe and to to sort of, like you said, just have that little bit of a a meditative sort of feel to things. So yeah, I would say that that's my way of looking after myself. And yes, I do other things. I, I try to meditate when I can. I try to sort of do, you know, other things like having a nice bath and reading a book. But, but I think that if I would say, what's the thing that really makes me feel at my best, I would say it's, it's exercise. And you're such a champion of feel good fitness. Like, especially for me, I've never been into exercise and I found it quite daunting. I know you mentioned about the gym being quite an intimidating space, which I certainly think that it has been in the past. Mm. It's kind of movement towards feel good fitness and, and working out because it makes you feel good rather than it being totally, like you say, about aesthetics and trying to, I don't know, being forced that we feel like we need to look a certain way and having that pressure put on us, the kind of movement of feel good fitness that you obviously champion, I think is just amazing. Yeah, definitely. And, and look, I think that like I've come a long way in terms of how I approach exercise, even, you know, when I started training properly, I was sort of 21 and, you know, now I'm 28. I definitely feel very different about how I approach exercise and very different about, you know, health and my body and, you know, all those things as you move into different, different chapters of your life, particularly as you get older, I think you just start to appreciate your body a lot more for what it does for you. And rather than trying to sort of punish it, you actually want to sort of nurture yourself a little bit more, be kinder to yourself and move in ways that do feel good. I would hate for anyone to think that exercise is only, you know, dripping with sweat and hating every second of it. It really doesn't have to be that way. And I want everyone to have a positive relationship with their bodies and with exercise and be able to do it not just for, you know, a couple of weeks to look good for something, but actually do it for the rest of their lives because we know that that's when we get the most benefit from it. So it really has to be a, a long-term meaningful thing. And so if that means that walking is the thing for you and that's what me, you know, you're going to be able to stick to, I'd far rather you do that than, you know, make yourself go to a horrible class or, or the gym and just hate it. So yeah, I think just doing something that, that really works for you, that makes you feel good, that is nurturing to your body is the most important thing and, and, and ultimately something that you're most going to be able to stick to. I think that is so important as well. And I've done those things where you're like, yes, two weeks, I'm going to go to like a class like four times. But ultimately, if it's not something you draw, you probably won't stick to that. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's the key. And you mentioned then as well, like coming on a journey with your fitness since you were 21. What advice would you say you would give your 21 year old self now? I think the most important thing is that your worth on this planet is so much more than just the way you look. For a long, long time, you know, I think as as any sort of teenager and then going into your sort of early 20s, you really grapple with body image and a changing body and one that's sort of slowly growing up. And I think a lot of, you know, what I used to feel was, oh, God, I've got to change myself because that will give me that acceptance that I so deeply you know, desire. I want to be accepted. I want to be liked. I want to fit in. I want to look the part. And I think I want to be validated for the way that I look because for a long time, that was, you know, how you got attention. It was just, you know, if you look the part, that was your kind of key to success. But I think that now I still care about the way that I look. 
I still am bothered sometimes by the, my body image. I still have challenges. I still feel challenged by a changing body and one that, you know, I'm sometimes in love and sometimes I feel a little bit uncomfortable in, but I know that there's so much more to me than just the way that I look. So it's not like the most important thing on the pyramid. It's, you know, it's in there, but there are so many other things that I know I bring to the table as a person that I value just as much, if not more than the way that I look. And I think that that gives a much better perspective to how I approach everything in my life. Like I don't want to expend so much energy just worrying and thinking about how I look, because I really think that there's more important things that you can focus your energies on that are far more rewarding than spending, you know, the whole of your twenties just being like, Oh God, I don't look right. I need to change this. I need to change that. And then sort of blinking and waking up and thinking, Oh my God, what have I done? You know, I've just wasted 10 years of my life thinking about not looking the part. So I, yeah, I'm totally honest and say that image still matters to me. I like looking nice. I like wearing nice clothes. I like, you know, looking good, but I'm so much more bothered by other things. There are things that fall far higher on the priority list now for me that I put way more energy into and that matter so much more. Absolutely. And what a brilliant note to finish your advice on. Thank you so much. (laughs) We do finish each episode with a final question. So away from your advice. And it's always a bit of a lighthearted note, but what is your biggest beauty blunder? So from like waxing appointments gone wrong to fake hand disasters, which I have had a lot of, (laughs) what is your biggest beauty blunder? I'm sure you've probably had this before because I know so many people who've done this, but I do remember being about 16 and using Sun-In for the first time on holiday. And I don't know if you remember, yeah, so Sun-In was like a spray that you put on in the hair when you're on holiday supposed to turn your hair this gorgeous blonde my hair went bright orange like really badly orange and not only just orange but also a little bit of pink in there as well I'm not quite sure why I ruined my hair for like a good year it took so long to come back from it and I was oh my god I was mortified like the amount of like color correction that I had to go through yeah it wasn't wasn't my finest but I think since then I mean I've had lots of fake tan hand blunders I've definitely come out with you know terrible fake tan hands numerous times I remember when my boyfriend and I were first dating and we went to Nando's and I was sat there and I had done terrible fake tan hands and I literally was sat with my like jumper pulled over and just the tips of my fingers like pointing out like eating my food like this with my little fingers like mortified that I'd got these like bright orange hands but you know we've all been there (laughs) brilliant I've definitely definitely been there and also just to touch on sun in what was in sun in I don't know what was in it but it was the weirdest product I hope it's banned because I don't know anyone that had a good reaction to sun in (laughs) no not at all oh god yeah blast from the past (laughs) well thank you so much Alice for coming on it was a joy to chat to you thank you for sharing all of your amazing beauty advice and thank you to everyone for listening thanks so much for having me Thanks for being with us on this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. If you have enjoyed listening, please tell your friends about us. And as ever with podcasts, please subscribe and give us a rating. It all helps to spread the word. See you next time.